hey, they're doing the entrances. I'm like, all right, I'll go fire it up because, you know, they can sit here for, you know, 20 minutes and uh, be okay. Even got my beer out and then looked at my phone and like, holy crap, it's almost 11. Now, remember, it also doesn't help that it takes Roman Reigns 10 minutes to get to the ring by himself. So. (laughs) He doesn't have the slowest entrance. Not the slowest, but uh, tonight he was trying for it. (laughs) If I walk uh... one step slower, I might get to it. You know, it was probably a thing of like, hey, Roman, we need you to kill an extra like 10 minutes on the, (laughs) you know, so we're out on time. So uh, take your time. Take your time getting down to the ring. No need to hurry. Yeah, I have something to say about that. No. I'm glad you have something to say, because otherwise this podcast would be pointless. I didn't say it was much to say, but (laughs) it's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over, but it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special wrestling review edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that has been to Suplex City once and managed to survive. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the guy who actually watched the pay-per-view, the legend, because he watched the pay-per-view, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? Howie Blues, here we are, <clears throat> one more time. I have to say, I was not really looking forward to this show, so we have a lot to talk about. I'll try and not dissect looking- this. I'll try and make it happen. I'm trying to not get you overly amped up because if you do, then you're going to be just all up in my grill and wow, because you're always just over the top 100%. I'll, I'll bring it down. I'll bring it down. I'll bring it down. Yeah, we, we, we can't break the roof of Suplex City. It, it, it still needs to, to hang out. It was the mm-hmm. skyline there for a reason. So, yeah. Uh, before we get started, for those of you who don't normally join us for our regular show, we'd invite you to join BeerBluesBS.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. Check out our audio versions on all of the audio platforms, including the major ones like Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. You can subscribe to our shows there. Please support us. BeerBluesBS.com for all the info and the merch store to get some quality merch 
as well. So you can wear some sweet shirts, just like our premium t-shirt for those events like tonight, the live premium event, or if you're a WWE commentator, the premium live event, because nobody really knows what order it should be in. So thanks again for joining us. Let's get right to it. <clears throat> but as you know, as Howard knows, that is, maybe not you, the viewer or listener, we need something to drink during the show. So it's time for the main. No, it's not yet. For what's on tap. What do you have to open up and crack open and uh, stomp on this podcast candy ass? Well, Kidder, as you know, I, uh, I always tend to drink something I've already had on the main show on these uh, special reviews. And so, um, uh, and I just had this one recently, but I'm going to have it again uh, from the Distill Brewery, part of their Wild Sour series. It is the Flanders Red. Uh, it's a Flanders style red ale, a sour, 5.9% uh, alcohol by volume. Um, the base of it, it's a Flanders Red uh, Sour Ale, offering the initial impression of tart cherry candy. Um, yeah, that, that's it. If you want more, check out the main show where we dive a little bit deeper into these uh, drinks. But uh, yeah, that's one of the uh, many sours I've been drinking as of late on the show when people aren't forcing me to drink things that I ultimately regret. I never forced you, just for the record, and for those of you listening or watching, I want that on the official record. I did not force him to drink that drink, but you can see that on our main show on the main channel here, BeerBluesBS.com. My beverage tonight is a rousing 9% alcohol by volume. It is a Zing Zang margarita. The alcohol is already in there. It is made with award-winning margarita mix. And uh, here it is. <clears throat> As you were describing your beverage that uh, we've already talked about before, I, I was looking on the bottom of the can where it, it's the made by or made on and the best by date. And if you see that, the best by date is apparently December 4th of 2021. So we're going to drink this anyway because kind of like a stale beverage, it's SummerSlam. It's that time of the year. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> uh about as ready as uh i'm gonna be uh and for those of you who are maybe checking us out for the first time with one of these here's how this Ooh. goes it's sour yeah it is a sour night uh but kidder and i uh we're gonna be talking our way through the show kidder seen the show i haven't for years now kidder and i have been doing predictions on the wwe pay-per-views and we recently added the AEW ones um Usually the rules are you have to get your predictions in before the event starts and you are allowed to make a change before the match happens because sometimes shenanigans. But Gitter and I are going to run through. Um, since I haven't seen the show, I haven't locked in my predictions yet. Um, so I lock them in live here on the show. There's a scoreboard right up here that you can actually follow along and see who wins. And uh, luckily for me, there's nothing on the line tonight. So that's good, because the last time we did this, I ended up having to drink a White Claw or losing a bet. So that's the basic gist of it. Kidder will break down the match. I'll give some thoughts, some opinions. And uh, who knows? There might even be a, one other segment that we tend to do, which is we name a 
DraftKings screwy finish of the night. I don't know. Was there a screwy finish tonight? We'll find out as Kidder breaks this down. So, Kidder, break the walls down. It's it's time to play the game. So, first of all, as we like to do is, uh, I should say I like to do, is rate the opening video. Typically, it's my favorite part of the actual show because I love the graphic design. I love the creativity that WWE used to have. So tonight's, well, it featured clips like it usually does of WWE superstars. Right off the top, I give it a minus one because it features a bunch of country music because, of course, they're in Nashville. So there's that Uh, on top of that. Uh, then they, you know, came to the arena, big shot of the crowd. It is interesting to note that the arena that they're in is where the Tennessee Titans play in Nashville. So this stadium, I think it's Nissan stadium seats around 70,000 people. Now that's up in the WrestleMania seating range. So it's interesting to note that they're trying to push a little bit to get more people, but there were officially uh, just under 50,000 people in attendance tonight. So, yeah. Commentators tonight, uh, your standard commentators, uh, even if I remember correctly, fast-forwarding through the whole show, Pat McAfee was there for a little bit, even though he had the match at one point. Uh, I don't think, yeah, now that I think about it, I'm second-guessing myself. Don't even know if he was actually on commentary. Anyway, here we go. The first match of the night, right out of the gate, it's for the Raw Women's Championship. Your champion, Bianca Belair, against challenger Becky Lynch. This match, 15 minutes, 10 seconds. So, Mm -hmm. I picked uh, Bianca Belair to retain the Raw Women's Championship. And uh, I'm, I'm going the same there, Kidder. Um, mostly because they just put the title on her. I don't know why they would take it off her right away. And it, it she never really got a great retribution match against Becky after last year's SummerSlam. So... Yeah, we'll go with Bianca. Okay, so there was a tease about the whole last year's SummerSlam with the 26-second loss from uh, Bianca with Becky Lynch getting that title. Uh, It's also interesting to note that Bianca Belair is from Knoxville, which, of course, is right up around the corner, basically, from Nashville, and so it's almost a hometown pop on her own there. So... This one starts out, it was very sloppy, in my opinion, for about three quarters of this match, uh, which made me not really a fan of of the match. So, starts out, Bianca Belair ends up getting, uh, you know, waistlock takedown. Lynch tried a sunset, sunset flip. Belair rolled through, hit a backflip, followed by a shoulder tackle. When Belair tried to leapfrog, Lynch took her down by the leg. Lynch got an armbar takedown, followed by Lynch sending Belair into the ropes. Then Lynch had the double knees to the left arm because she was trying to target the arm because there's you know some backstory with her arm hurting. 
So when Lynch tried to send Belair into the ropes, Belair did a cartwheel out of it, and Belair got a slam that sent Lynch into the mat. So again, counter, counter, sloppy, all over the place, tilt-a-whirl here, flying over there. It's just all over the place. So Belair did a standing moonsault and got a two count. Belair ended up grabbing a, onto Becky Lynch, slam on to the top rope of the barricade, or the top of the barricade, not the top rope. But uh, Lynch managed to slam Belair onto the barricade instead. So again, counter, 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 counter. With all those counters, they could really make a nice kitchen. Let's continue on with lay, uh, Lynch getting a leg drop onto the back while against the barricade. Lynch brought Belair back into the ring, got a two count, slowed down the match, got the Bexploder suplex, of course, as you're familiar with. Now, Belair continued to fight with her forearms and uh, caught a kick attempt, ended up <clears throat> with Lynch getting a takedown into a submission, but then Belair fought out of it. Belair got onto the apron, Lynch uh, got hit with the spin kick to the gut, a leg drop attempt by Lynch, but Belair turned it into a slam, kind of like what you would think would be a power bomb. All right. Uh, then uh, they left the ring. Belair ended up going for the suplex onto the floor. Lynch blocked it. Lynch tried to use Belair's hair, but Belair avoided it, sent Lynch into the ring post. Again, another counter. Belair with a suplex on the floor. That one looked nasty. Uh, looked obviously like it really hurt because, you know, it was the floor. So Belair ended up getting a handspring off the ropes into a standing moonsault with a two count there. Belair hit the uh, shoulder tackles and a backflip off the turnbuckle, but Lynch uh, ended up getting a crossbody block, and then Belair caught her again. So, all over the place. Cool moment is uh, they're over onto the turnbuckles in one of the corners going for a high-risk maneuver. Uh, Lynch was able to get free enough and hit the diamond dust, if uh, you're familiar with that, which is kind of like a uh, falling neck breaker from the top of the turnbuckle. Got a two count, started exchanging strikes, Lynch with a knee to the ribs, then Belair with a forearm, and Lynch tried a head scissors, but it looked really crappy. Belair blocked it. Slammed Lynch down. Lynch escaped and then uh, countered a move from Belair with uh, then Lynch going to the arm bar. Belair managed to get out of the ring. Now, at this point, they're on the apron. Belair had Lynch on her shoulders and Belair hit the KOD onto the floor again. <sighs> then... Referee was counting them out. <clears throat> Lynch got back in right before the 10 count. Belair wanted to go for another KOD, but Lynch landed on her feet. Belair came back and got uh, Lynch with the spine buster. Belair went up top again. Lynch stopped through there. Lynch pulled Belair off the ropes by her hair. Then Lynch hit the manhandle slam for two count. Belair kicking out. A near fall, of course. Again, 
Went up onto the middle rope. Belair hit the Spanish fly slam from there. And then Belair picked up Lynch, hit the KOD. One, two, three. That is the win after 15 minutes and 10 seconds with Bianca Belair retaining the Raw Women's Championship. A piece that I would like to mention is the big leg drop. That occurred outside the ring as they're trying to mess around on the barricade. So Becky set Belair up in a manner next to the timekeeper's area, like the inside of it. So she's sitting against the barricade kind of like this. Becky got up on top and delivered the leg drop off top off the top of the barricade onto Belair's back, and it looked pretty cool. That was like the biggest moment of the match other than the uh, KOD to the outside of the ring and uh, the diamond dust. Um, Not a very good match, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Yeah, just kind of listening to it and and hearing your your take on it being kind of sloppy. It it seemed... And it might just be your delivery, but it seemed like it was a very frenetic match with not a lot of like solid good spots to it. it, it yeah. So they tried a lot of them and it seemed like they were botching a lot of them. So I don't know if it really went that well or they were, I mean, they were going for the counter, 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 or if they just couldn't wrestle for whatever reason. Um, eh. And then uh, to note, Becky Lynch had those shin guards with the stupid giant peak at the top, and they're flopping around all over the place. I wish she would would have taken those off because they were a distraction for the most of the match until one of them fell off and disappeared around the ring. And then only one on it, it was kind of dumb. So after the match, uh, Becky Lynch actually extended her hand to Bianca Belair. Of course, you remember last year's SummerSlam with the whole handshake extension into the slam and et cetera, et cetera. So Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair ended up shaking hands and exchanging a hug in the center of the ring. Uh, Belair was left in the ring to celebrate. Then, as she's standing there, some music starts playing. Who's that? Well, it just happens to be Bailey. Bailey shows up. So she comes down to the kink in the walkway, the ramp. I say the kink because it was one of those obnoxious ramps that they made again this year where it comes out at a 45 and then changes the direction straight to the ring. So as she's standing there, she's, you know, exchanging words that neither of them can hear. And well, the music changes and the graphic on the little in retrospect, uh, <laughs> or I should say, uh, in relation to the other boards, little LED board by their entrance changes, and suddenly Dakota Kai comes out and comes 
running down and stands next to Bailey. A piece that uh, Corey Graves said, I don't even think she's under WWE contract. Well, you're right, Corey, because WWE fired her a while back. Then the music changes again, and Io Shirai makes her entrance down to join Bailey and Kai. And then they, th the three of them come into the ring and start staring down and trash talking Bianca Belair, getting in her face, saying that uh, Bailey it wasn't dumb and that she was going to not come back on her own because she's not stupid. And that, uh, that she's got the whole damn world with her. Suddenly Becky Lynch comes back in, stands side by side beyond, uh, be beside Bianca Belair fans keep cheering and look like they're of course ready to fight. And then Bailey's group go, <laughs> and then they take off. So there's that thought. Your reaction on Bailey returning. Well, uh, Bailey returning, everybody's been waiting for that, you know, for a while now. Because um, she was nearly cleared around WrestleMania time. So there's speculation of her showing up, if not at Mania, you know, like the Raw after making a return. Um, so nice to see that they're bringing her back um, finally. And hey, with some interesting talent uh, alongside. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do with it. You know, sounds like it's a faction, mm -hmm. which is uh, interesting. Um, otherwise, uh, Kidder, one comment, you know, you, you made the comment about the uh, screwy ramp with the 45 degree, you know, change in direction. I want to pitch this. New version of the Royal Rumble. Okay. It's Royal Rumble, but you have to go through a maze to get into the match. <laughs> ah. So so no no time limit, no countdown on that. It's just whenever you make it and solve the maze and get through, then you're officially in the match. Hmm. It's good Santino Morella isn't one of the main wrestlers anymore because he would just get lost in the maze. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Like, beat him up in the maze. <laughs> mm -hmm. Either that or like a Royal Rumble that's in a maze, except it's like first man to get out wins. Have action all the way through. You know, that would have been great know, during like, end up the pandemic. Say, yeah, that, that, that might turn out like the, the match on the roof of headquarters where it was super gimmicky. <laughs> It probably would be, but, you know, it'd be fun for, like, once if you had the right groups and such doing it. It's only really a 15-person rumble. Mm -hmm. Have to be. So, <clears throat> here, as we continue on, is the first part in my overall annoyance with what WWE has been doing. Mentioned it last time during Money in the Bank. But it continues again. A video package and a commercial right after the first match. Now, keep in mind that for the hour before the show, on the pre-show, there were zero matches and all promos and discussion about the matches. I do not mind 
In fact, I typically enjoy the video packages that they release to pump you up for the next match. Here's a little history. This goes back 12 years when whatever. I like those. I'm getting tired of here's a promo for this wrestler that isn't on this show. In fact, the Kevin Owens promo aired twice tonight. He wasn't even on the show. There's a Charlotte promo that aired twice. She wasn't on the show. Just since whatever. The, they're airing all these promos, and they're wasting three to five minutes of promo. And then they wonder why people get pissed that it's 11 o'clock Central Time when the show is ending, and then us old suckers have to get on here and do this and get things together. I mean, the better thing is that it's a Saturday, but still. So, again, video package. Then, the recap video package and a commercial. So, <clears throat> let's move on to the next match. It's The Miz and Logan Paul. I chose Logan Paul. Mm. I was also going to choose uh, Logan Paul. Just because it's the celebrity match at SummerSlam, and they usually don't pin the celebrity. So, seems like the easy prediction. Now, remember, Logan Paul, even though they're pulling in his celebrity relations with the 25 million plus people who follow him or whatever his excuse is, is now a WWE superstar because he actually has a contract. Yeah, still a celebrity. Okay. So, this match, 14 minutes, 15 seconds. A singles match. <sighs> Here we go. Uh, on the way, first Miz, Maurice, and Ciampa, because he's only known by Ciampa, because we can't have their first and last names, because why not, come on out to the ring. And they're wearing some uh, neon green apparel. So they all match. I'm like, oh, how cute. Logan Paul comes out yellow and black gear, which I believe is the same apparel that he had at WrestleMania. Uh, interesting fact, the fans were chanting tiny balls to Miz because that's been a thing for a little bit in the programming about Maurice talking about Miz's balls being big and Etc. Etc. Here we go. So, Miz right out of the gate hits a snapmare. Paul tries to block with a kick, but then uh, Miz kicks him away anyway. Miz gets a knee to the ribs. Paul comes back with a fireman's carry on the Miz, a light kick to the head. Then Paul ducks some punches. Paul connects with a big punch, not to be confused with the Superman punch. <clears throat> Paul got a couple of leapfrogs followed by a roll-up. Of course, not even like a two-count here. Paul hits a clothesline over the top rope, followed by Paul hitting a moonsault off the apron onto the standing Miz on the floor. It was pretty decent. And they go back into the ring. Miz connected with some chops. Then uh, Paul hits some chops of his own. Paul went to the turnbuckle. Miz ends up 
getting him tripped up. Miz hits the double knees to the chest to try and take over. Miz chokes Paul against the ropes. Miz distracts the referee, and Ciampa punches Paul. So Miz continues to work over Paul with some punches, and Miz avoids uh, charging Paul when uh, Miz's knee hit the turnbuckle. Now, Paul hit a boot to the face, which was all right, uh, then followed up with the blockbuster neckbreaker from the middle rope, which was pretty cool. Paul with a clothesline, back elbow, and a running power slam for a two count. Paul delivers the kicks to the chest. Paul at a chop block, a chop block, chop block, chop block to the left knee. And uh, <clears throat> then Paul went for the figure four leg lock submission. After about 30 seconds in the hold, Miz ended up getting to the ropes to break the hold. Paul charged at Miz, who sent Paul to the apron, and Paul hit a crossbody block off the top from the top ropes. Then Paul hit a standing moonsault, another two count. After Paul knocked down Miz, Ciampa tried to do a cheap shot, but the referee saw him trying to cheat, ejected Ciampa from the ringside, but Ciampa goes over to the timekeeper's area and is screaming at people, grabs a chair, comes out to the front of the commentary, sits down. The ref still screaming at Ciampa to get the hell out of here. And he's saying, no, you won't. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, the music plays. It's AJ Styles music playing. Ciampa's looking around. He picks up the chair. He's waiting to bash him with the chair. AJ Styles comes flying out of nowhere from the crowd. End up fighting each other and trailing off up the ramp, and they're out of here. Match continues. Paul hits the phenomenal forearm off the top rope, gets a two count. Miz went to the floor. Paul cleared off the commentary to put Miz on top of it. Paul jumped off the top rope from the turnbuckle Frog splash, huge one, boom, puts Miz through the table. They get him back into the ring. Paul had Miz pinned, and Maurice was on the apron there, distracted the ref because it would have been three, four, five, six. So Paul gets up. Miz tries to attack the uh, 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 Paul with this uh, chain. And an original one-of-a-kind um, photo that he had framed to make fun of uh, when Paul came out with the Pokemon card at WrestleMania. Well, Paul moved as Miz is coming across with the chain and almost hits Maurice, freaks out. Paul ends up grabbing onto the Miz, hits the Miz's finale. There, the skull crushing finale that is and gets the pinfall one two three your winner by pinfall logan paul uh, i do have to say in logan paul's defense that he looked pretty athletic pretty decent like he's actually been training again uh, very much not like the old celebrities that would come in and not do anything or be decent uh, aside from that, the uh, frog splash there, five-star frog splash would 
actually truly to me be a five-star frog splash because logan paul went flying up did the full reaction there connection boom one two three it was it was good it was good and the table broke so your thoughts again yeah no uh logan paul is actually uh very athletic both him and his brother jake uh paul have been uh training and competing in boxing matches um the last few years uh jake is still kind of on the boxing train and uh doing some of those types of uh events and such but yeah so logan logan trains and he is in good shape and i think he takes this seriously enough to you know do some moves and actually perform and just be the usual celebrity you know yeah you know that we usually see so uh doesn't sound like a too terrible match it sounds like this one could though be a contender for the screwy finish of the night but you didn't call it the screwy finish of the night kidder so i'm guessing that there was something even screwier coming up on the card for um a lot of intents and purposes not all intents and purposes but a lot of them i kind of want to just say this whole pay-per-view is DraftKings screwy finish but that wouldn't be completely true either so i'm gonna let you make that determination as we continue on through the show so there's a contender. <laughs> <laughs> now, they cut to commercial, and there's another damn commercial. Then there's a video showing Brock Lesnar's career highlights for the past 20 years. And then there's a video featurette with the maximum male models of Masse and the formerly known as Mace and Mansoor. Because, you know, gotta be artistic. This is a paid sponsorship for Pure Life Water, which they were spraying over each other. And uh, Max Dupree is back after basically being fired by Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, this, uh, again... Pure Life Water is the official water of Maximum Male Models. And then, hey, guess what? There's another video. This one's about Roman Reigns. <sighs> All right. Next match. Theory. Against your United States champion, Bobby Lashley. Interestingly enough, this did not get a video package before it. Because there were, you know three video packages before that. So oh, it was almost rushed. I chose Bobby Lashley to retain. Uh, I'm also going to choose Bobby Lashley because I mean, they gave theory the briefcase. So can only make sense that why would you give him the United States title? If he's going to possibly cash in for the heavyweight. So we'll go with Lashley. Be for any title at any time, but only the universal undisputed 
They change it every year. Yeah. This match was four minutes and 45 seconds. Mm, about three minutes too long. <laughs> yep. Okay. So here we go. Decent ovation for Lashley coming out, which was good. Lashley being the face that he is right now. And I mean, theory just looks like a dork. So there, there's that. Starts off, Theory did an attack with the briefcase before the match. Lashley bashed him with the briefcase, threw it out of the ring. Bell rings. Theory goes and hits the uh, blockbuster neckbreaker. Lashley then uh, gets up and starts coming back with a back elbow and a clothesline. And then a spine buster. Looked pretty good. Theory got out of the ring grabbed the Money in the Bank briefcase and teased like he was going to leave. Lashley got in his way and prevented that. Lashley whipped Theory into the barricade on the uh, ringside twice. When Lashley got back into the ring after Theory, it was Theory who ended up getting a couple drop kicks on Lashley and then tube count. Theory charged at Lashley, who caught him and hit him with a flatliner into the mat. They exchanged punches. The fans were going crazy for Lashley, of course. Then Lashley grabbed uh, Theory and power slammed him. Lashley again charged, but Theory jumped over him. Lashley went shoulder first into the ring post. Theory charged. Lashley caught him. This time, and applied the heart lock submission, which a couple seconds later, Theory tap, tap, tap That's a one, two, three in the tap, tap count. And uh, yeah, I have to say it like that because why not? Uh, <clears throat> Lashley is uh, the winner on this one. And again, that was four minutes and 45 seconds. So uh, this one, I. I kind of see why it was a match. You know, the United States Championship was actually defended on SummerSlam, which was all right. But, eh, it was fine. The The length was a little bit long for what this match needed to be. Um, the Again, interesting as to what's going to happen from here because I think it's a little bit of a reset now for Bobby Lashley and a new contender and we will potentially discuss more on other people later <laughs> moron your thoughts not really much to say on this one kidder it sounds like it was a fairly short match that was fairly predictable and uh i think uh it would be a disservice to the audience for us to pontificate on it anymore so let's move on to match four. Yeah, I don't want to spend more than four minutes and 45 seconds on it. So that match is done. They fade to black. Guess what? There's a video commercial again. WrestleMania 39. They're heading to Los Angeles. WWE goes Hollywood again. And then a commercial for the A&E biography series that they're doing. And uh, tomorrow's episode is Kurt Angle. So it looks like it will be another good match. 
Also to mention, the WWE shop is now a Fanatics experience. So if you're not familiar with the Fanatics shop at fanatics.com, that's typically uh, your sports team apparel site. In fact, where you get some quality Colorado merchandise, like these items and that item. And, well, there's probably a few others around here, too. But now WWE Shop is running through Fanatics. So that's kind of cool for me because you get Fanatic bucks on each dollar that you spend in their store. And I already got an email. 13 minutes after they were done. So, you know, they're right on top of it. All right, next match. This is a no disqualification match featuring the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic against the Judgment Day with Finn Balor and Damian Priest accompanied by Rhea Ripley. I chose the Judgment Day on this mm. i so thought you were gonna go the mysterios <clears throat> originally i did originally i did and i sat and thought about it because if you think about both teams the mysterios they've been trying to do this angle where like dominic and ray they're a great team but are they on the same page and then the Judgment Day. Hey, we're cool. We kicked Edge out, and we're this dominant team, and we're going to beat up everybody. But we're not really on the same page, and we don't win either. So it's almost a bit of a toss-up with this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I mean, I hate to sound like I'm just picking the same ones as you are, but uh, I was going to go Judgment Day because... Finn Balor and kind of figured I was going to lose this one, but yeah. Yeah. But with my information, it's still up in the air because you truly don't know. I, I don't because the backstory doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> are they winning? Are they losing? I don't know. I mean, yes and no. What does that mean? Nobody cares. That's what. Nobody cares. Why are we having this match? Why are they feuding? At least gives, you know, the Uso, or not the Usos, the Mysterios, something to do. So this match was 11 minutes and five seconds. Again, a no disqualification match. Need to point that out. Okay. We get into the ring. Valor and Peace. Uh, priest attack the Mysterios right away. Ray comes back with a head scissors on Balor while Dominic drop kicks Priest. Pretty cool. Balor and Priest get sent off to the floor. So Dominic hits the suicide dive on Priest while Ray hits the Ase Moon Salt onto Balor on the floor. Now they get back into the ring. Dominic hits the crossbody block off the top rope again. Some real cool moves in this match. There were tags in this match as Ray tagged in to slam Dominic onto Balor. This is the part that 
He's already falling asleep. He's some bitches yawning over there. This is the part where I bring up again. No disqualification. Howard the ref. What does that mean? Uh, it means that there's no reason to have tags in this match because there's no DQ, which means everybody can fight at the same time. The only reason why you're taking in and out is because it's a little bit easier to uh, choreograph not quite the right word, but it's easier with two people in the ring than all four in the ring at the same time. It's kind of why like in a triple threat match, they always throw the one guy out and two guys go out for a while. The third guy comes back in and they throw somebody else out. That's the reason why they're doing it, but it's stupid to do these tags because it's a no DQ match. Anybody could get involved. You can pay-per-view guy can get involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He was there front and center. <clears throat> so here we go. Dominic ends up uh, getting back involved. Hits the arm ringer on Baller to take him down, but Priest hits a knee and uh, knocks Dominic down to the mat. Balor stomps on Dominic to keep him down. Balor ends up getting uh, Dominic into a choke across the middle rope. Then Priest tags in again. (laughs) Hits the leg drop to his chest. Priest gets the chin lock on Dominic, followed by Priest getting a kick from Dominic. Priest then goes with the corner splash, and Balor tags in again with a stomp onto Dominic. Balor hits a suplex along with some chops to the chest. Then Dominic starts getting a little bit of offense going with a neck breaker on Balor. Ray tagged in against Priest with a springboard cross body block. Then he avoided legal man Priest and hit Ray with a seated senton off the top. Onto Priest. It's pretty cool. Ray with a drop kick along with the Bulldog that Ray has done so many times, as we have loved to see from way back when. Ray kicked Baller out of the ring. Baller had a chair, but Ray got the chair and did the chair jab along with a chair to the back. So, yes, they finally got the toys. So there's that. All right, so Ray ran the ropes, hit and then Priest ends up hitting him with a super kick. And, of course, the crowd booed. Ray then sent Priest into the ropes, but Balor tagged in and hit the running clothesline because tags are important in an ODQ match. Balor with a shotgun drop kick in the corner. So Balor then gets back up top. Dominic grabbed Balor's leg. Ray joined Balor onto the top rope, leading to a top rope hurricane rana from Ray sent Priest into the ropes, and then Balor was sent into the ropes as well. The Mysterios wanted the double 619, but you guessed it, Rhea Ripley gets involved. Ripley uh, tripped both the Mysterios and slammed Dominic into the apron. Then Priest hit the South of Heaven slam on Ray, and Balor went for a chair again. Suddenly, out of nowhere, The lights in the building, they go out. Then there's fire. There's hellfire brimstone. The entrance area and a platform with some 
LED lights accentuating the oranges and yellows. Platform starts pushing a person up, and you see it's Edge! Edge has returned. People go nuts. It's a brood-like entrance uh, with flames flowing in the effect uh, where it kind of looks like blood, but it's still kind of like flames. It's all right. He's got his sunglasses on, a new T-shirt, and like a red leather jacket. Comes running out toward the ring. Priest goes after Edge. Edge hit him with a kick to the face. Edge gets a spear on Balor and a spear on Priest. Edge sends Balor to the ropes, which then led to the double 619. Ray gets on top of the ropes, hits a splash on Balor for a pinfall. One, two, three. There you go. An upset in, uh, yes, our train of thought tonight with the Mysterios pulling out the victory over the Judgment Day in a no DQ, but DQ tag team match with 11 minutes, five seconds of your life. Wasn't too bad. Uh, I half, the, the reason why I went back and forth with the Judgment Day and the Mysterios. I had the Mysterios first, like I said. The reason I went back and forth is because of this. Some of the vignettes they've been playing, they haven't shown Edge, but you freeze frame different pieces within these videos, and you can easily decipher that it is Edge. So the question was, is he coming back on the night after SummerSlam on Raw? Or is he going to randomly show up and just feud with them on his own? Or bring some other people with him? Big questions, but we saw that it validated this evening with Edge teaming up, essentially, and helping the Mysterios get uh, that as he celebrated with them a bit and uh, stared down the Judgment Day in the aisle. Your thoughts? You know, this is one of the matches that was on the card that even though there are people I like in this match and people who I think are talented and all of that, I just don't care. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like this is not a match that I was sitting there like, oh boy, Mysterios versus Judgment Day. This was much more of, <laughs> why are we doing this? So even Edge, like, coming back, it's kind of like, <sighs> great. I can tell you, whatever the next pay-per-view is, it's going to be the Mysterios and Edge versus the Judgment Day. I mean, all right, we get to deal uh, with this for another yes. month. The next pay-per-view is uh, the one that's happening in Scotland, UK's biggest showdown or something like that. <clears throat> We'll yeah. probably get to that later because there was a commercial or five about that. Yeah. So I, just because of that, Kidder, I just I just don't care about this match. It, yeah. Congratulations. I don't think many other people did either. So they fade to black, and guess what? There's another commercial. It's a KO promo. Like I mentioned earlier, KO not at SummerSlam. Michael Cole uh, gets on commentary because uh, the next match is Pat McAfee and Happy 
Corbin. Guess what? There's a video package leading up to this match. Again. Yes. And uh, I believe they had a commercial. I look over here at the email again with the fanatics. And they, they may have had uh, another commercial about buying merchandise and T-shirts 30% off or something like that. But if you want to actually spend your money wisely, go to BeerBluesBS.com and click Merch because you can get a premium T-shirt at a non-premium price. Quality stuff at BeerBluesBS.com. Hi, Orion. Were you excited about getting a live premium T-shirt? Really? You were? He's so excited. He doesn't even know what to say. <laughs> so excited. All right. So Corbin comes out first. And as I'm thinking about this, I have to mention they had some drone shots because open air stadium being down in Nashville, uh, pretty nice. I saw that there were a few showers in the area. So that was uh, a kind of interesting to me because last year they half got rained out which is why you don't hold events in an open-air stadium. Just throwing that out there. But the drone shots were really cool. Throwing that out there. So Happy Corbin comes out. Then, suddenly, as he makes it again to that 45-degree turn, he hears, bomb-ass Corbin. Bomb-ass Corbin looks behind him and there's a chorus of like 40 people singing bomb ass Corbin bomb ass Corbin it's different I'll go with it then Pat McAfee's entrance hits and uh, he's wearing his uh, tank top type t-shirt with the hashtag on the back bomb ass Corbin <laughs> Kind of funny. Also, Pat McAfee did not come to the ring with the theme song uh, from uh, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army. It was a completely new mix version of a newly created song. It's like Seven Nation Army, but maybe only a half nation. So, this one, I picked Pat McAfee to win. Um, I'm also going to pick Pat McAfee because, I mean, he's going up against Corbin. I have to say, though, and we've talked about this before, if Corbin would go back to the lone wolf or whatever else, just being a dick... He'd be so much more interesting. This happy Corbin stuff. It's stupid. It's gimmicky. I hate it. The music is dumb. Oh, yeah, you play some winning slot sounds. Great. Happy Corbin. Get the hell out of here. Bring back cool Corbin. Even <laughs> I don't even care if he grows his hair out. Bring back the theme song with Tommy Vexed. So good. Absolutely the best music in the past 10 years. Okay. This match officially ends up being 10 minutes, 40 seconds. Here we go. Corbin 
grabs uh, Pat McAfee and goes over to the uh, commentary area and has, tells Pat to take a, a seat on commentary, which was kind of funny. Uh, Corbin actually gets the headset and starts talking before they start beating each other up. So Pat hits Corbin with a super kick and then jumps off the middle rope, hits the Hurricane Rana. Yes, Pat McAfee, folks, is doing better moves than half of the low-level roster. Right? Howard's just like, whoa. <laughs> no, I, he, Pat McAfee, he's another one of those. He trained to to be part of WWE and they ended up putting him on commentary and he's I mean he does a great job on commentary but he actually trained like that was he retired from the NFL he started training for wrestling and I you know got himself a ring got himself a trainer like he made an effort to do that so no doesn't surprise me that he's good He's he's doing great. I mean, hitting the Hurricane Rana like that looked really good. Fantastic. So, Pat then clothesline Corbin out of the ring. Graves is telling Cole just to sit down because now Michael Cole's getting all amped up. <clears throat> Pat sent Corbin into the ring post. Then they go back into the ring. Pat wanted to do the superplex, but Corbin knocked him down. And Corbin hit a running drop kick, which Corbin doing that, not every day. So Corbin hits uh, the corner splash, tosses Pat across the ring. Corbin ends up trash talking Cole and then Graves is supporting his buddy Corbin. Corbin tossed Pat out of the ring. So Corbin drives Pat's back into the barricade. Then they go back into the ring. Corbin gets booed by people because, you know, it's Corbin. Pat comes back with some elbows, but Corbin hit the deep six for a two count. Corbin did the slide out of the ring, as we've seen him do many times. Pat kicked him out onto the floor. Then Pat jumped over the top with a crossbody block onto Corbin. Corbin gets a hip toss, sending Pat onto the commentary table. And uh, at this point, Michael Cole is yelling at Pat to get up, giving him all that encouragement. Corbin breaks up the uh, referee's count, but uh, this is when Corbin again grabs a headset and sh gives a shout out to uh, Pat's parents. And then uh, Corbin shoved Cole into the chair. The fans were booing Corbin as he punched Pat a few more times on the table. They get back into the ring. Corbin slowly gets up to the top, which, you know, that's not a very often thing that we see from Baron Corbin. Pat jumps up onto the top rope, hits a superplex from the top. Really good. Got the fans going. Gets a two count. They exchange some more punches from the standing position. Corbin backed Pat into the corner, and Corbin charged, but Pat moved, and Corbin goes shoulder first into the ring post. Pat goes up top, nearly lost his balance there, but hit the swanton bomb 
onto a standing Corbin. Uh, with this, Pat McAfee almost slipped off the top rope there. I mean, it looked pretty shady for a second, but good that he was able to balance himself before shooting off the top onto the floor on Corbin. So Corbin goes for the end of days, but Pat avoided it and punched Corbin, who then bumped Charles Robinson, the head referee. So now Robinson's down. Pat punted Corbin in the groin. It was hilarious, and he had good form. So imagine how far that football would have went. Cole said uh, that it's payback for what happened on SmackDown, of uh, course, a week or two ago when uh, they started uh, or continued their feud and uh, Corbin ended up hitting him with the low blow. But anyway, back to the match. Pat jumped off the middle rope with his own version of the Panama Sunrise, gets the pinfall, one, two, three. Pat McAfee, your winner of this match. Again, 10 minutes 40 seconds. Only three more matches to go. I mean, this sounds like this was an okay match, you know, um, with a little bit of entertainment in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So far, probably the match that uh, has had the most interest for me out of everything we've been through so far. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, I think it had a little bit more flair than the other matches. Um, even the Logan Paul match was a little bit better. So there's, there's that. Uh, interestingly enough, after the uh, victory, Pat McAfee went over to the uh, ringside by the commentator's table and grabbed a beer from apparently a friend <laughs> that was waiting for him, and he just downed a beer and then threw the cup before he walked. So that <clears throat> yeah, was that was pretty good. All right. Guess what? What's next? Highlights uh, from SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> you should have waited. I was gonna say a commercial, kidder. You could have got me. You could have uh, said, guess I what's could've. next? I would have said a commercial. You could have said highlights from SmackDown. I mean, you, oh, you, you it's basically the same thing. Eh, not quite, but yeah, I mean you missed a chance there, kidder. You missed it. Golden. Yeah, we'll just blame we'll blame it blame it on the leg. <laughs> so, the highlights were of Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, the match that they had on SmackDown, which I didn't see because I haven't watched uh, Friday's SmackDown yet, and I'll probably fast forward through it anyway. But uh, Drew McIntyre won the match leading him to get a title shot against the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at Clash at the Castle. That's the show I was looking for. Clash at the Castle. September 3rd, it is in Wales. So there's that commercial and, again, those highlights. Then they come into the arena, and Drew McIntyre is there and cuts a promo. All right. Interestingly enough, he uh, is talking about loving that place and it's home to the new number one contender. Uh, apparently, Drew McIntyre moved there with his wife recently. Or whatever. Uh, Drew talked about he finally got his shot 
for the championship after, you know, basically two years of being out of the title shot picture. And then he joked that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar was for the first time ever. <clears throat> and of course, everybody goes, what are you, are you drunk? And so Drew asks a, a kid nearby what his name is, says his name is Colt and said, oh, this is the first time ever in front of Colt in Nashville. And so then the crowd actually chanted, Colt, 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 Colt. I wonder how bored the fans were at SummerSlam this year. Drew said that uh, he didn't care who's going to win the match because he's going to beat their ass and win the undisputed WWE Universal title at Clash of the Castle. And Drew held up his sword and the pyro again blew up. So there's some, there's that. Next matchup is for the Unified Tag Team Championships. Undisputed Tag Team Champion. Whatever. There's two sets of titles. Nobody cares about that even anymore either. Remember the women's titles? The tag team titles? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody remembers. Okay. So let's move on with the, <clears throat> with the rest of our life. This one, I decided to take a swerve. Because again, J E double F J A double R E double T double J is the special uh, guest official for this match. And so, could have been some shenanigans. The other night, Jeff was getting pissed at the Usos. So, there is that thought, right? Well,. Here we go. Jeff Jarrett coming out of the ring. He's uh, on his way out. It's time for this match. Uh, before you make your uh, pick there, Howie Blues, I will say that it's 13 minutes, 25 seconds. Again, the Usos, Jay and Jimmy versus Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford in the Street Profits. And that was my choice. Mm. Well, I'm going to stick with the Usos. So, hey, it's the first time tonight, Kidder, that we've uh, we've been on different ends of the uh, predictions. So, someone's getting a point, and somebody's going to be a little disappointed. Drama, finally, in this show. So, you're saying that somebody gets a point or disappoint? Mint, yes. Oh, there's mints. All right, great. I've been talking a lot. <clears throat> so here we go. Jeff Jarrett calling it right down the middle. I have to admit that uh, this one wasn't on the top of my list. So Jimmy starts out with Dawkins, and the wrestlers are punching each other in the corner. Jeff Jarrett made sure they knew that they had the five, five count before you're disqualified. Jimmy with a backbreaker. Jay Tag then hit the forearm to the chest of Dawkins. Then Jimmy gets back in with a forearm to Dawkins because you've got to go back and forth. Jimmy hit the uh, choke with Dawkins across the rope while Jay got a cheap shot when Jarrett wasn't looking. Jimmy started working over Dawkins with the chin lock and then set up Dawkins in the corner and hit the running hip attack 
into the corner. Then Jimmy went for the corner attack again. Dawkins did the classic move off to the side. Dawkins hit a jumping kick to the head. So then Ford tagged in against Jay, leading to Ford hitting a kick along with a crossbody block off the top rope. Ford with a clothesline, a kick to the chest, and a jumping kick to the head. Ford with a belly-to-back suplex, along with a standing moonsault for the two-count. Jay with a kick to the ribs, and then an uppercut, and Ford ran to the ropes, leading to a blockbuster neckbreaker for the two-count. Jay sent Ford into the turnbuckle, leading to the lifting neckbreaker for a two-count again. Jimmy got back in. Ford sent both of the Usos out of here. Dawkins tagged in, got the running somersault off the top onto both of the Usos, taking them out. Dawkins hit a spinning neckbreaker and Jimmy for the two again. So then Jimmy hits an enziguri kick. Ford tags in. Dawkins shoves Jimmy into uh, Montez Ford for a belly-to-back suplex. Another two count. Dawkins had Jimmy on his shoulders. Jay hit a super kick on Ford, who was in the ring, and Jimmy then super kicked Dawkins. The Usos hit a double super kick on Dawkins. So Jimmy was the legal man. He went up to the top and hit the Uso splash for two. Jarrett told Jimmy it was just two. Jay made the tag in. The Usos each went up to the top and hit a double Uso splash on Dawkins, but Ford broke up the pin at, again, two count. Ford tossed Jimmy out of the ring. Jay sent Ford up to the apron. Jay went for the super kick, but Dawson moved, and Jarrett instead ate a little bit of leather. Dawkins got the spine buster on Jay. Ford tagged in. Ford jumped off the top for a frog splash. Got Two count again, because Double J isn't out for that long. Ford didn't cover right away because he was selling the ribs, so the announcers, of course, said, that might have cost Ford! That led to Ford yelling at Jeff Jarrett about the count. Dawkins tagged in. The Usos were on the floor when Ford tried to dive, but the Usos gave Ford a super, super double super kick. The Usos tossed Ford over the barricade. The Usos hit a double super kick on Dawkins on the floor. Then back into the ring, the Usos hit the double super kick on Dawson. Uh, Dawkins, that is, not Dawson. Dawkins. And then the 1D on Dawkins. That's enough. That's a 1-2-3. And the Usos, by pinfall, retain the tag team titles. So, again, kind of all over the place there. <clears throat> but when you think about it, 13 minutes, 25 seconds, there it is. Tag team match. Uh, I don't think Jeff Jarrett really added a lot to this match, uh, aside from it being in Nashville and uh, tomorrow in Ric Flair's last match, when Ric Flair is probably going to have a heart attack and not be with us anymore. Yeah, no, the Jeff Jarrett being involved is purely a gimmick, which is why I, could, I agree with you. This is not a match. So I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go see this one. And even after hearing you describe it, yeah. So, yeah, not uh, 
Um, as for him, yes, he is uh, in the uh, the Ric Flair's last match, which is a tag match. Um, Andrade is uh, in there as well. I'm trying to remember who the fourth guy is. Saw an ad for it earlier. Eh. <laughs> Future Howard, right here. There you go. So. So your thoughts yeah. on how much longer the Street Profits are going to be a tag team? Um, hopefully for a while longer, um, because, boy, do they need tag teams. You know, they, they're hurting on that regard. So I'm kind of hoping that they uh, stick around just a bit, bit longer so that... Uh, we actually have some good tag team matches because they're pretty good as a, as a duo. People just let them be a duo. So Jay Lethal is the other guy in the uh, Ric Flair's last match. There. Saved you, future Howard. It's Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Guess what's next? <sighs> um, gosh, that was our sixth match, so it's got to be Rousey and Liv Morgan. No, it was a commercial. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Sorry. Bam! <laughs> Bam! <clears throat> got you good, I was, sucker. <laughs> I, I was trying to get to the next match. I was like, ah... Clearly, there was a commercial and a video package. Let's just go. This is also uh, as a callback with that being set up there uh, during the pre-show. As you know, uh, Booker T does the shucky ducky quack quack moment of the night. Every pre-show. He threw it out there and the guys in the truck weren't ready. So he's sitting there waiting for it. He's like, hey, guys in the truck, can we put my graphic up or something? Because, you know, it's a shucky ducky quack quack moment of the night. So they take down the match graphic and they cut to Booker T as he continues talking about it. (laughs) They put up this full screen graphic, but it's the wrong graphic. So it's over the top of Booker T, but it's not even the graphic. It's the reverse chroma for the alpha channel so it's just the black part of the graphic over the top and they're like ah crap and they quick take it down i'm like did you not know this is coming up it's scripted too come on follow your rundown whatever so here we go with the video package this time about charlotte flair doesn't have anything saying when she's coming back. Then they cut to ringside and it's, yes, the most hated man in North Dakota, Kid Rock. Yes, he can show up to WWE SummerSlam in Nashville, no problem, and be drinking a beer. And then uh, I think the comedian's name is Tammy. 
You frequently see her doing comedy videos with uh, Officer Daniels on Facebook and the other social media channels. She's a bigger lady, kind of uh, like trail, trailer park playing kind of lady. Anyway, she's sitting right next to Kid Rock. Kid Rock turns to her and then ends up starting to make out with her after he like poured a beer on himself. And then he flips off the camera, which they blocked they black framed it to do some drops as like a censorship. And I'm like, just let them flip off the camera. This is, you know, wrestling and it's a live premium event. Clearly this isn't premium. If you can't flip off the camera. So again, interesting uh, that he was there. He was there on time and he made out with, uh, you know, some lady that, he's not related to or maybe he is i don't know uh but then he was also probably half in the bag at this point so whatever it's just like when he was here for the north dakota state fair or was he here controversy we'll have to dig into that on beer blues and bs so <clears throat> suddenly after we talk with the announcers a little bit because they try and get away from the kid rock and flipping off the camera and whatnot, they, whoa, camera over here and Riddle shows up. Riddle is now in the arena. Well, what's the hell's Riddle doing here? Well, he gets into the ring with a microphone. He's got tape all over and he talks about not being medically cleared, not being able to compete, but his bro, Randy said that he's not supposed to take crap from anybody. So he yells at Seth Rollins to come down to the ring. Get your ass out here, Seth. So the doctors are out there yelling at Riddle. No, don't do that. Well, the music starts. Seth Rollins appears and he's in an orange dress shirt and slacks. There's about eight people trying to hold him back. And he starts running, and they're all running after him. It looked really ridiculous. So Rollins gets in, hits a, a forearm to the head. Rollins knocks Riddle down, gets the stomp right away. And, of course, Riddle is now out. Cole's screaming at uh, uh, how uh, Seth could break uh, Riddle's neck. Like, I mean, I don't think a neck break would be the biggest concern with a curb stump, but it is what it is. So uh, Rollins left the ring. Riddle was in the uh, <clears throat> middle, all toast. And Rollins then ripped on Riddle for being stupid because he called him out. So they're going to continue this storyline for the unforeseen future. Then guess what happens next? Commercial. Wrong. It's a video package. Oh. <laughs> I know. At this point, we've had about 45 minutes of video packages and commercials. So uh, it's about the next match, which is the SmackDown Women's Championship match with your current champion, Liv Morgan, against Ronda rousey so Rhonda's music hits and uh, she comes on out pissed as ever and uh, gets into the ring and then Liv Morgan's music hits and she comes on down to the ring 
I picked Liv Morgan to retain in this match because they just gave her the title. So, yeah, I'm going with the same bit of logic. It, why give her the title only to take it off her? Even though it doesn't make sense for her to beat Ronda Rousey. So I'd almost guess, Kidder, that there's got to be some sort of screwy finish involved with this. So. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go guessing again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this match, did I say how long it was? It's four minutes and 35 seconds. Whew. I might not feel so great about my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I wish that most uh, or more of these matches were shorter like that because it helped me stay awake through the whole damn thing. All right. So the bell rings. Rousey gets really aggressive like usual. Uh, hits Liv Morgan with a knee followed by a quick slam. Rousey wanted to get a slam off the shoulder, but uh, Morgan ended up elbowing out of it. And hit the code breaker. Jericho to WWE? What? It's just a move, folks. Calm down. Uh, Rousey ended up blocking the Oblivion and uh, attempted to lead Rousey uh, getting to a takedown. But Rousey got an arm bar on the left arm. Morgan manages to get out of it, pull back on the arms. At this point, Morgan was on Rousey's back, leading to a crucifix pin. Got a two count on that. Rousey was on the apron, applies the arm bar against the ropes, and Morgan was favoring her left arm. <clears throat> Rousey with another takedown at this point, leading to another arm bar. But Morgan got her foot on the bottom rope to break the hold. Rousey applied an arm bar on the left arm again. Liv rolled through, got on her feet in the bottom rope, broke that hold. The referee called a female trainer in to check on Morgan, who the uh, Michael Cole and uh, I believe it was Corey Graves still at this point were saying that uh, Morgan's arm was probably broken at this point. Well, Liv says, no, I'm okay, but continued to sell the injury. Rousey applied the arm bar on that same left arm again, but Rousey's shoulders were down, and the referee, one, two, three. The uh, Corey Graves goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. She tapped out at the same time. Rousey argued with the ref about it, but uh, guess what? By pinfall, Liv Morgan retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. As they showed the replay, you can see Liv tapping on the back of Ronda at about the two count, but the official never saw it. They complained about that uh, whatnot back and forth for about five minutes. <clears throat> then, then, as uh, Morgan is holding on to her title, she's sitting there trying to recuperate a little bit, regain her strength. And Ronda Rousey goes berserk. She goes over and attacks Morgan from behind, puts her in the arm bar again. The ref tries to come over and, hey, cut that crap out. Rousey grabs the official and puts him into the arm bar. And then, of course, more officials showed up. And get the hell out of here. Rousey left ringside. Morgan, again, selling the left arm injury. 
And then Morgan grabbed her title again as she's sitting at the front of the commentator's desk, which has been rebuilt, and uh, smiles. So, yeah, there's that. Your thoughts? Um, I, I, I'm going to say, Kidder, I, I know we still got one match left, but it's an all-man standing match, so you really can't get a screwy finish there. So, Kidder, I'm going to call it right here, right now. This is our DraftKings <laughs> screwy finish of the night, uh, just so that I can, you know, get that graphic in there and sound effect and such. It's what this sounds like, and we'll see where it goes. Probably a rematch. <clears throat> hmm. So, so you're saying that uh, you don't have high hopes for the for the finale? I'm just saying that it can't necessarily have a real screwy finish. The I mean, first it, I guess it is last man standing but... match on SummerSlam. You don't think there'll be any kind of a screwy finish whatsoever? You don't think DraftKings is behind all of this? Well, I mean, they're clearly behind all of it, but. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I'll put it this way, you know, like a screwy finish in Reigns versus Lesnar is probably expected. You know, I'm going to guess that a lot of people lost a lot of money on uh, the whole Liv Morgan pinning Ronda Rousey, you know, so that's that's why I'm going going that route. Okay. Okay. So, you know, what's next? Um, video package. It's commercial. (laughs) It's again for Clash of the Castle, Saturday, September 3rd in Cardiff, Wales. Yes, it is another Saturday live premium event only on Peacock. So uh, we'll be giving you some coverage of that. They come back to the ring and by God, it's Kane. It's Kane. Yes, uh, introduced him as WWE Hall of Famer, the mayor of Knox County, Kane. No, I don't think the mayor of Knox County is Kane. It's actually Glenn Jacobs. Just just so you know, Kane was never elected to mayoral status because I think he's killed too many people. So just for clarification, there is that. Uh he was out there partially to say thanks for attending and whatnot and uh, that sort of thing. Then they announced the attendance of uh, 48,449 people. And again, we have no way to actually confirm it here on Beer, Blues, and BS because we weren't there and didn't really pay attention for it. Then there's a commercial. Again. <laughs> Uh, also, by the way, uh, Glenn Jacobs slash Kane, after he announced it, he dropped the microphone and <laughs> did the, the flame. So it was really good to see that, that they still have that hanging, hanging around. And then after that commercial, there is another commercial for NXT on Tuesdays. And then, you know what? There is another video promoting... WWE live events coming to your area. In fact, coming to our area, October 1st at the Bismarck Event Center. Tickets on sale now at uh, whatever, WWETickets.com or something like that. And uh, Grand Forks on October 2nd as well. So you can get your tickets and go see the non-live premium event. 
Or maybe it's a live non-premium event because it may or may not be televised. But I will be there, yes, at the Bismarck Show. So you can see me live, loud, and on location. I might even do a video for this show. Not this show. This will be months in the past. But anyway, it's time for the main event. Thanks, Mark Henry. <laughs> uh, I chose Roman Reigns to retain because I don't believe that uh, they're going to suddenly take it off of Roman Reigns, even though I think they should. They, again, as uh, Roman Reigns made his way out, he made his way out first to the ring. They made mention of there's only four individuals who have held the title longer than what he has so far, being the likes of Bob Backlund, Bruno San Martino, and uh, Hulk Hogan. And uh, if you remember the fourth one off the top of your head, <clears throat> I'm having a myth as to who that was at uh, the up oh, Pedro Morales. I had it in my notes. So there it is. The four people. All right. <clears throat> they also had the video package for this. Did I mention that? <laughs> anyway, Roman Reigns comes out first and gets a microphone from uh, Heyman and goes, Nashville, SummerSlam, acknowledge me. And they're cheering and booing. So. Again, I chose Reigns to retain your choice for your main event. Um, you know, I'm going to choose Reigns. I want Lesnar to win, right? Because I kind of like the, uh, you know, the the current portrayal of Lesnar. You know, where he's being a bit more of himself. I like that. I want more of that. You know. I, I just don't think they're going to give that to us. And so I think it's going to be Reigns. So. Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> Here we go. This match 23 minutes officially from bell to bell. Away we go. Brock Lesnar's music hits huge ovation. Cole said this is the ninth time that Brock Lesnar has headlined SummerSlam, which is the most in WWE history because or SummerSlam history, whichever you want to say. And Orion, as you can see, very excited about it. So they mentioned as he made his way out and uh, as the pyro shot off from around the arena that Lesnar won his first WWE title 20 years ago. Yes, SummerSlam 2002, when Lesnar beat <clears throat> the cousin of Roman Reigns. That would be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Cole also talked about how Lesnar was in a last man standing match for the first time in his career. Lesnar, again, as I mentioned, walked toward the ring, but then stopped, turned around, and went back toward the uh, ramp for a better uh, lack of a better term, I guess, turns the corner and there happens to be a Case IH tractor 
sitting there with a front-end loader on it. He hops on, puts on the flannel vest and his cowboy hat, fires up the tractor, drives that some bitch down to the rain. <laughs> First time I've ever seen that. I thought it was NDWF for a minute. Seriously. Because we've actually done that at NDWF. At WrestleFest 2014. No. Yes. No. It was Snowbrawl 2014. Snowbrawl 2014. If you want to watch it, just shoot us a message and we'll post the link. Or maybe we'll just post the link and you can experience it for yourself. So... Again, he puts the, the flannel on. He hops onto the case tractor, starts driving it down to the ring, parks it beside the ring, puts the boom over the ring like this. So the ring is down here. And he's got the boom up here with the bucket over the top. And hops up off the tractor onto the hood, climbs up the arms of the boom and into the bucket. Like, good God, man. So he's standing up there over the top of Reigns. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Rome or Mike Rome. Mike Rome starts introducing for the uh, match. It's now time for the main event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, coming to us from blah, blah, blah. And Brock Lesnar grabs a microphone that happened to be in the boom. And the bucket, I guess. And uh, he's shut up, dude. Okay, Lesnar goes, now the big ass country boy weighing 285 pounds, the guy who's here to kick Roman's reign's ass at the last man standing match, Brock Lesnar. And of course, people then went nuts, uh, cuts over to. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman standing there, and uh, they just tossed the microphone off to the side, and Mike Rome introduced Roman Reigns, who, of course, gets booed. They finish introducing, and before the bell even rings, Lesnar jumps from the bucket straight on to Reigns and starts beating the crap out of him. Yeah. Absolutely crazy, right? Because suddenly... He's flying through the air, right? Your thoughts so far? So far, it sounds interesting. I'm waiting to hear more, kidder. <laughs> See, that's I just want, just want the, the extra tension, the extra drama in this review. As we're <laughs> truthfully, I just along. want want to go to bed. It's like twelve thirty in the, you know, I. Like some sleep, kidder. So as much as I want to hear this, um, sleep, please. So continue, good sir. What happens okay. next? Uh, how many suplexes do you believe happen in this <sighs> match? My pick was five. You know, I was I was gonna say five, um, because I didn't really look at what you sent me for your predictions. Um, but being as long as the match was I'm going to say 10. Okay. It's a good choice. Also, as a side note to float, perhaps somewhere else, because now we have the scoreboard. We also have the suplex counter. Do we have the cash-in graphic as well? 
Well, we don't even have a suplex counter, so oh, <laughs> stop making well, it work for me. <laughs> we got, we gotta, we gotta increase our budget or something. <laughs> uh, so the question: Austin Theory, better known just as Theory, because people are stupid. Does he or does he not cash in the title shot, Money in the Bank briefcase? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. I know I sent you just no, but I was thinking no with screwiness to it. I almost thought about saying, yes, he cashes in, but gets hosed and then loses, but I didn't go that far. I chose no, but figured there'd be some stupidity. All right, so we start out the match again. He flies off the bucket onto Reigns. Right away, Lesnar gets a belly-to-belly suplex on the floor. Lesnar whips Reigns into the steel steps. Lesnar gets su- gets suplexed. Or no, hold on. I got to back up and remember, because I type notes really fast. Lesnar suplexes Reigns onto the floor. So there's two. Lesnar sent Reigns over the barricade at the ringside. Lesnar suplexes Reigns onto a platform that's in the crowd. There's three. Referee Chad Patton, by the way, doing some counting again because the last man standing rules, you have to count to 10 and then the other person wins. So Reigns shoves Lesnar into into some steel that's uh, one of the big posts holding up part of the uh, lighting array above the ring. So bounces him off of that. Then ends up throwing him back toward the ring. They get back ringside. Lesnar tries to jump onto the barricade, but his left foot slips and he ends up jumping back down. And people, of course, you know, the commentators are like, oh, he's going to get even more pissed about that. And take it out on Roman Reigns. Eh. Lesnar hits a German, German suplex on the floor. Is that number three? Or is that number four? We, uh, we're we going with the low-tech suplex counter here. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's four. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, now, <sighs> time for some fun. Lesnar and Reigns, they're at ringside, like I said. Lesnar grabs a table from under the ring. Yes, finally a table gets brought out from underneath the ring. Lesnar sets up the table. Heyman distracts Lesnar, and Reigns recovers enough to hit the Samoan drop, puts Lesnar through the table. Lesnar gets that back up at the seven count. Reigns hits Lesnar with the steel steps. Reigns then sets up another table on the floor, and then uh, Reigns hits the Uranagi slam through the table. Yes, Lesnar got put through two tables in about a minute. Lesnar gets back up. They get back into the ring. Reigns hits the old Superman punch, but didn't knock Lesnar down. Reigns hits a second Superman punch that does actually knock Lesnar down. 
He gets back up, but Reigns hits a spear. Referee counts Lesnar down, but uh, at seven, Lesnar gets up again. Reigns charges. Lesnar catches him, goes for an F5. Reigns gets out of that. <clears throat> Lesnar is sent uh, by Reigns out of the ring. Lesnar then gives Reigns the spine buster onto a piece of uh, essentially half of one of those two tables that were broken. I kind of laughed because the table, of course, is ball busted sitting there like this and boom, right on top of it like that had to hurt. Reigns was grabbing at his arm after the landing. So Lesnar goes up, gets the tractor, backs it away from the ring and brings the boom all the way down, gets off of it. Lesnar goes over to the steel steps, hits Reigns with the steel steps. Lesnar hits Reigns with a piece of the table, which was kind of like every WWE or WWF game that we've played, where you grab up this huge piece of table. Whack! <laughs> it, it was so ridiculous. But again, was pretty good. So, anyway, uh, Reigns is laying there. Eight count ends up getting back up. Lesnar dumps Reigns into the front loader. Yes, the bucket of the front loader. Gets back into the tractor, raises the boom up, drives the tractor forward, and dumps Reigns into the ring out of the bucket of the tractor. I have never seen this before in my life, but it's something that if we knew we wouldn't get hurt, would have done in NDWF. <clears throat> so, again, Lesnar uh, positions the tractor. It's over there off to the side yet. Gets back in beside the ring, and uh, Reigns ends up getting up. Lesnar hits Reigns with another German, German suplex. Well, the fans are then chanting, this is awesome. Suddenly, Lesnar, another German suplex. So, yes, Lesnar gave Reigns uh, a third straight German suplex, but Reigns gets back up at the count of eight. So now Lesnar grabs Reigns, F5 in the middle of the ring. Reigns gets back up at to keep the match going. Reigns at this point could barely get to the ropes. Lesnar went for another F5, but Reigns landed on his feet, grabbed the guillotine choke. Lesnar reversed and applied his own guillotine choke with Lesnar choking him out and placing him onto the mat. The referee waved Lesnar off and then started counting. <clears throat> so, Patton, uh, again, the ref, checked, uh, wanted Lesnar to let go, so he did. Then started counting. Reigns got up at the count of nine. Moments later, Reigns gets blasted again and is laying there. They start counting. Lesnar goes up to the tractor, fires it up again, and drives it into the side of the ring. I knew what he was trying to do right away, but he, you know, in the first and second Hits, didn't quite get it. Third one, right underneath. He picks the ring up with the boom 
of the tractor. So the whole ring is sitting like this. Reigns hilariously tries to get up and goes out of the ring and is toast on the corner. The ref goes over there and starts counting to 10. Well, just so happens that uh, the Usos show up as Lesnar gets back over toward where Reigns was. So now at this point, the Usos try and attack uh, Lesnar. Lesnar grabs one of them, hits him with the suplex, grabs the other one, hits him with the suplex, and then they're toast. Truthfully, I didn't count those because, you know, they're not in the match, but how are the the refs up to nine? So, again, how do we want to count that? Because they weren't participants in the match. Uh, True, but again, being that it's the last man standing match and therefore no DQ, it's technically (laughs) legal. Technically, there's no rules and it's all made up. Well, technically, we always say that it's number of suplexes. We never specify if it's in match or out because there have been times where he started fighting before the match has actually started and there have been suplexes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm counting them. We're up to nine. Okay. So at this point, Roman Reigns is toast on the floor. Heyman comes up to Lesnar with both of the titles. And is saying, this is enough. Just leave him alone. He's my tribal chief. Here's both of the titles. You win. It's fine. Well, Heyman poked Lesnar. <laughs> Lesnar grabbed Paul Heyman, put him into the F5. F5s him onto the table. Yes, Heyman went through the commentary table. So, for the second time in the show, the desk got exploded. (sighs) Reigns ends up uh, getting back up and spears Lesnar. Now, the referee counted. When both of them were down, they both ended up getting up at the count of nine. I almost thought it was going to be a double count out because why not? Uh, Reigns was then down again after the referee was counting but uh he was still a little toast having some issues and suddenly theory's music hits hey town down i'm a douche theory comes running out with the money in the bank briefcase as theory was running down he had his own ref accompanying him not really sure why there's a secondary ref but it is what it is theory Comes running around the ring, and at this point, Roman Reigns is mostly standing. Theory blasts Roman Reigns with the briefcase. Theory turns, gives the briefcase to the referee, and is yelling at him to, again, cash it in. But Lesnar got a hold of Theory and gave him a huge F5 onto the briefcase. (laughs) So, no, no cash in at this point. He's toast. The Usos hit Lesnar with a double super kick, thinking that they are at a super kick party or something. Lesnar gets that back up again before the 10 count. So Reigns hits 
another spear onto both of the championships that were on the ground. Lesnar gets up at about the count of eight. <clears throat> Reigns hits Theory again with the Money in the Bank briefcase because even though Theory was toast, why not? So Reigns grabs the Money in the Bank briefcase and starts blasting Lesnar in the face and the back and whatnot with that. So he falls down. Lesnar again able to make it up by the count of nine. Reigns then hit Lesnar with just the WWE title. Cole's shouting at the ref to count faster because Lesnar had been taking so much punishment at this point. At the count of nine, Lesnar up on his feet once again. Reigns is shocked as of always and uh, grabs the universal title and hits him with that one because maybe the whole universe behind it. That's more powerful. Well, no, he kind of started uh, moving a little bit. So Reigns and the Usos grabbed everything and anything around there to bury Lesnar, including the ring table, the steps, the commentary chairs, a random box that was sitting there and everything else. And that made the 10 count. So, yes, there it is at officially 23 minutes. Even that's a 10 count with your winner being Roman Reigns and as mentioned, Austin Theory blasted several times, and so no, he did not cash in, and no, he did not win. <clears throat> so, all of that, which was a lot, what's your thoughts? Uh, you know, this was probably the one match I was the most interested in seeing, um, and probably the one that I'll want to track down at some point and actually see, although I hate that ending because they've done that ending before. That's how they beat the big show in last man standing matches. It was just and a pile of bunch of stuff on them. Yep. I, yeah, I've, I get why they do it that way because then it doesn't seem like Lesnar really lost, but I, I hate it. It's, it's just stupid um, in that sense, but I am interested to see this uh, with all the shenanigans with the tractor and all that. It sounds like this was a damn good match. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was hilarious. And uh, I, of course, got it right away because it was a Case IH tractor. And uh, in history, Case IH has been a sponsor of Roman Reigns, uh, along with Jimmy John's. So I'm surprised there weren't any subs sitting in the tractor or something that would have been a good move too. where i know i know that would have been crazy but um they really uh, built up <clears throat> how difficult it'll be to beat reigns and this and that uh in the upcoming weeks and uh, clash at the castle drew mcintyre and that sort of thing and I mean, they really milked the end of this with the celebration and getting help out there to clear the stuff off of uh, Lesnar. But uh, I mean, officially bell to bell, 23 minutes, but much longer. And then there was a promo for The Miz after they went off the air. <laughs> <laughs> because all the rest of the promos just, you know, weren't enough. So anyway, uh, not my favorite SummerSlam. Uh, I, I did feel myself starting to fall asleep 
after about the third match <clears throat> and had to knock myself out of it so then I could, you know, have this content. <laughs> but um, the, the, I don't know. What, uh, what do you think about this being the first uh, apparently official Triple H booking era and creative direction? Well, I mean, the guy's only been on the job for like a week. So, again, how much of this is him just going, this is what we have booked, this is what we have planned, this is what we can already have written. We're just going to go with it. Um, I think there's already some things, though, that you could put your finger on and say Triple H has a hand in. You know, like the fact that Bailey shows up with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. That's a probably his doing. So it it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm more interested as we get into some of the um, upcoming stuff. And I, I I'll be more interested when we get to something like Survivor Series. And I say that because long enough time that he's kind of been able to put his marks um, on it. And I actually saw an interview. Uh, he finally did an interview um, since taking over the spot. And he basically stated, you know, um, that filling Vince's shoes is going to be difficult. Um, and he's he's very open to ideas and thoughts from everybody, from not only the writing staff, but, you know, from folks like Paul Heyman and from the wrestlers themselves. So, um It'll be interesting to see, but I, I want to give him some time before I really be like, yeah, this was a Triple H pay-per-view. Oh, let's wait till we get to something like SummerSlam, the next uh, big show on the car, you know, of the year. And uh, maybe have some more thoughts with that. Um, also, Kidder, I know there's a scoreboard that people have been able to follow along. Uh, but again, tonight we had a one-point differential. Uh, you took second place with seven correct uh, and I ended up in first with eight correct. Why this couldn't have been last month at Money in the Bank and you be the one drinking the White Claw, we'll never know. But uh, I squeaked by with the win on this one. So, yeah. That's just because I didn't go with my gut on uh, the Mysterios match. <clears throat> oh, you, sh- you should have. You should have, Kidder. Yep. And on that disappointing revelation... Um, We've been talking for quite a while, Kidder. Well, you've been talking for quite a while, Kidder. So let me <coughs> let me ease your vocal cords, and I'll do the cheap plugs. Just to, you know, give you a little break. What? That's right, Kidder. I'll do the cheap plugs. I'll tell people, hey, if you want to learn more about Beer Blues and BS, go to BeerBluesAndBS.com. It's our home in cyberspace, and you will find links to all of the other great locations where... We have our content. Also, click the link up at the top to get to our merch store. Buy some merch. We got some good stuff. Yeah, sure, some of it's inside jokes. Some of it's great stuff from the show. You'll look good in all of it. Or, if you're more of a drinker, get yourself a lovely pint glass. We got all the good ones, the classic logo. We have, of course, the one that features Kidder's old-fashioned recipe. And, hey, we got something that'll tell you that, you know, lifeguard training is the only way you can prevent forest fires. 
also while you're there if you want to support the show and you don't really need more stuff in your life because you have too much you know your house is already looking like kidder's background you know maybe you just want to buy us a beer that's another great way to support us as we do this show it's very simple it's like a donation you can put in however much you want to put in and uh even leave a message get a comment and have that be featured as part of the show um Either way, we appreciate it. And, of course, we just appreciate you tuning in in all of the places where Beer, Blues, and BS can be found. Hey, do you want to see these shows and know when these shows go live? Check out our Facebook page. Like, subscribe, and you'll be able to see when the shows go live as we post them there. Also, every now and then, we post something else up there. Could be a little good, a little morsel, a little something interesting worth checking out in that regard hey do you want to see our happy smiling faces check out the <laughs> youtube version <laughs> that's right where you can actually see us interact uh you can see all of the easter eggs and such that our editor future howard puts in and drops in along with his own little factoids as he fact checks us throughout the show so youtube and again please like subscribe Maybe even hit the notification bell. You don't have to. We'd appreciate it, though, if you did. Or are you just somebody who's on the road too much and doesn't have time to sit down and watch a bunch of YouTube? That's okay. You can find us on any and every source of a podcast that you could get. Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. You name it, we're probably there. Just search for beerbluesbs.com. Actually, just beerbluesbs. Website, that's beerbluesbs.com. Man, Gitter, I was doing so well up until that point. There's probably a reason why I don't do the cheap plugs all that often. But uh, <coughs> beerbluesbs.com. Beerbluesbs.com. Search us, beerblues and BS, because you can't forget about the end BS. <sighs> thanks for saving my vocal cords is there anything else you'd like to add uh let's see gosh uh well for everyone who tuned in haha i'm howard blues for my co-host <laughs> on the other side he's the mark kidder the only mark kidder we got him he's here nobody else has him that's right we got the, the mark kidder counts <laughs> yep. Uh, with that, uh, what else does he say? Uh, keep your glass half, you know, at least, at least, least half full. At least half full. Free beer tomorrow. And, yep. And we'll catch yep. you on down that old dusty Tuscan highway. <laughs> Good night. Tonight everybody. is tractor filled. <laughs> There's a tractor in the middle of the road. We got to clear that so we can get on get on with our lives. <laughs> You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty.